What is it? It's your future. It's called a Stargate. Chevron 7 Lock. Welcome to Walking Through the Stargate. I'm Brent. And I'm Zach. This is episode 195, and we'll be talking about Stargate SG-1's episode, The Powers That Be. The Powers That Be. The Powers That Be. The Powers Friends, That Be. Friends, we are an independent podcast, and if you like what we've got going on, you can support the show if you wish. We've got a Buy Me a Coffee thing over at buymeacoffee.com slash walking through, or you can go to our website at wtts.space. Space. And click the little coffee cup icon in the bottom right corner. There you can buy one or two or five or 15 or 100 coffees if you want. However many you want to buy. We're not going to say no. You can buy as many as you want. And if you really like what we've got going on, you can click on the words walking through the Stargate. Once you click on the coffee cup icon, it takes you to the page at buymeacoffee.com slash walking through. And there you can find the little memberships thing now memberships in buy me a coffee they're trying to be a lot like patreon where you have different tiers we only have one tier because we only have the general fund it's like npr they they just they they have operating costs right so the same thing with us so if you would like to contribute to the general fund on a monthly basis that's the that's the thing that's what it's there for you can click on the memberships thing sign up and every month you'll Chuck some bucks our way, and it's super great, and we thank everybody who has done just that. Uh, and we also have a few wish list items. These are things that would make the podcasting a little bit easier or better or, or, or fun for you because of one of them. So we got a couple of uh, mics for one, a better mixer for one, and we have uh, the pledge that we will watch two more episodes of the non-canonical animated series Stargate Infinity. And record two episodes as a result of that. If that wish list item funds, if it does not fund, we're not doing it. <laughs> but if it does fund, then we're doing it. And right, you get way too much glee about laughing about uh, not doing it. Yeah, when you go, ha, 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 ha. <laughs> look, I, I, it's I'm I, I like glee. Anyway, uh, we got some thank yous to to say, Zach. Yeah, we do. First off, I need to say thank you to Zach for finding out that we have thank yous to say. So thank oh, you, Zach. Well, you're welcome. I mean, then, I get emails that pop up that just tell me all of these things. So Sure, but whatever, just, you know. You know. I appreciate it. So yeah. we got thank yous. Thank you, Tarantosaurus Rex. Yes, thank you. And thank you, Daniel. Thank you, Daniel. You might be that Daniel. I'm not exactly sure. And thank you, Cree Amisk. Yes, thank you, Cree. They, they all bought us coffees and a little bit of the wish list items and a little bit of the membership stuff. It was great. Thank you so much. Yeah. Woohoo. We really appreciate you guys' support. Everybody who's uh, c- contributed so far, it's fantastic. Thank you so much. It definitely helps offset the cost of doing the stuff that we do. Um, it's uh, it, it makes us feel like we're doing good stuff. Uh, so appreciate that. And if you have friends that want more excellent Stargate content like the stuff you're listening to right now, you can tell them that they can find our show on uh, places. I did learn that Google Podcast is going away. I don't think it's gone away yet. So that's fun. Thanks, Google. Oh, thanks, Google. Uh, but uh, that's that. Oh, rumor has it that it might turn into YouTube podcasts, which if it does, because Zach, we technically have a YouTube page. That's true. <laughs> we might have to figure that out. I'm not exactly sure how oh, that'll work. But. That'll be interesting. <laughs> Uh-huh. Anyway, you can still find us on Google Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio Podcasts, Amazon Podcasts. But the right way is to get yourself a podcast aggregator uh, like Pocket Can Casts you call your podcast Overcast. aggregator a podcast alligator? You can. 
Zach, I think that you need to make an app that's a podcast aggregator and name it Podcast Alligator. You know, th- I think that would be delightful. Um, my app making skills are basically less than zero right now. Okay, so then this is a freebie for anybody out there with your app making skills. I only request that when you subscribe to a new podcast, there's a little animation of a gator that goes chop, 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 you know, like it's eating it up. It's yeah, absolutely. I, I think that's that's the requirement. Yes. And make sure that it's an alligator and not a crocodile. None of those no. like mixes and matches. No, no, don't don't make the snout too long. No. Even though that looks better visually, that's the wrong thing. You need to make the snout short and wide. So you gotta do. Chomp chomp. Anyway. Chomp chomp. Make that podcast alligator. And friends, if you use a podcast alligator, then you can go search for Walking Through the Stargate. Or no, you've already found us, friends. You're listening to us right now. Other people can find us at Walking Through the Stargate. Search for us, find us, subscribe, do the whole niner. Did you say niner? Um, You just said niner. (laughs) uh, Hey, Zach. Hi, Brent. If a friend wants to let us know that uh, using the word niner in a non-military context is, is absolutely just fine. Uh, I'm doing fine. Everything's fine here. How are you? How might they reach out and let us know that? Well, if you have other movie or other quotes or things that are absolutely required for for getting us out of tight spots, I guess <laughs> uh, you can tell us what they are uh, by emailing us at walking through the stargate at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can also tell everybody who's on Facebook that by going to the Walking Through the Stargate Facebook page and hitting the like and s- share no, I don't know, I all don't of the know. buttons there. Hit them. Hit them all. Hit those uh, buttons. And then we got the Facebook group as well. So you can come there and and, and, and join the, the, the conversation there and the meme sharing that's there. Or you can go to our website, which is WTTS.space. Space. And on the website, you can actually listen to our podcasts because they're right there. Yes. And yes. you can then buy me a coffee there if you want. And you can also go click on the Discord link in the top right. And that'll take you to our Discord page. Yes. Channel. Channel. Server. Server. You know, I don't know. It's like, it, 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 I got nothing. Anyway. Facebook page and group, website, Discord server. Server. It's, it's <laughs> like it's a tennis player. <laughs> or somebody who brings you hors d'oeuvres. Ooh, it's, it's, it's like a waiter or waitress. Yes. It's a server. It's a server. And they're like, what would you like today with your coffee? I would like a plain bagel toasted with plain cream cheese, please. You know, I had an everything bagel toasted with butter yeah. on it. And mm, yeah, I was going to say, mm, you must no. be feeling like a like a like a million bucks right now. Well, you know, other than the cold that I've got in my nose. Yes. You, you must be feeling like one hundred and fifty thousand dollars right now. Ah, yes. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> In any case, we got all sorts of fun ways to communicate and have conversations and and chats. The discords is really where a lot of our uh, uh, community gathers and chats and has some fun talking and all of that stuff. So uh, join us there if you would like. Brent. Yes. Shall we dig into? Oh, wait, I got one more thing. Oh, yeah. Okay. This is episode 195. Yes. Yes. Let me count those at 195. Five episodes. Got five, five left, episodes, friends. folks. Sock puppets, questions, fun. Emails. It's our 200th episode. It's coming up yep. here with us. I mean, I mean, like this is now the home stretch. Like we're past, we're past the holidays. Uh, there might be you, you friends. You might get a week's reprieve because uh, the Lenten season is early, but don't count on it. Do not count on that. So, yeah, so you might get 
Yeah, yeah. I, Maybe. Sometime in February, but the middle of February is when the Christian Lenten season starts, yep. and and that's a busy time for me yep. uh, in, in my job and such. So we're looking at the latest, the end of February. Yeah, but again, don't count on it because we yeah. might just barrel right through. That's true. Mm-hmm. But but you'll know because mm-hmm. we'll, next week when we get to 196, we're like, hey, folks, it's 196. Yep. And then we're like, it's 197. But right now, ah! right now, right now, we're, we're, we're down here because we got to get higher and higher every time. Right. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So it's, it's 195, folks. 195. It's 195. You got time, but not yeah, a lot yeah, of time. You still got time, but not a lot. Okay. So, <laughs> so with that, shall we dig into... The powers that be. The powers that be. Yes. All right, Let's the dig into those powers. Uh, directing credit for this episode is William Waring. This is his second of three directing credits this season. He actually mm-hmm. directed last week's episode, which we re- recorded like a month and a half ago. A month ago. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the Ties That Bind. He did that one. Yes. And so he also does The Powers That Be. Uh, the teleplay is by Martin Garrow. This is actually his only writing credit this season. He's predominantly okay. a, a an Atlantis writer. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, but uh, I was, this episode here, so like, uh, they had such short notice that they were going to have a season nine after season, because season eight wrapped and basically everybody gone home. Yeah. And then like, hey, everybody, let's get the band back together. Yeah. And and so they, <laughs> uh, all of the writers. And the tapping's like, I'm busy. <laughs> I, I Y'all said this was it. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, so so they got the, the writers for Atlantis to come over and really help with this stuff. So this episode yeah. was written by Martin Garrow. It was actually written prior to the episode Origin. Oh. So, like, uh, it, it required a significant amount of rewrites uh-huh. by uh, Robert Cooper uh, yeah. after Origin. So, like... Um, like all of like the, the trial scene, the Maldoran scene and such, yeah. uh, that was like some of the core bits were from Martin, but much of that, most of the dialogue there was actually written by Robert Cooper later yeah. because, uh, we needed to get Things through the episode changed. origin and all of that yeah, stuff to actually right. understand what origin was about to do this effectively. Yep. So, um, there you go. We've got several guest actors. We say hello again to Claudia Black. She returns yep. as Vala Maldoran. We have Gary Jones as none other than Chief Master Sergeant Walter Radar Harriman. Yep. We have Lexa Doig returning as Dr. Carolyn Lamb, yep. whom we discover is actually the daughter of General Hank Landry. Yeah, I'll, uh, I was literally maybe a scene. No, the scene, the lunch scene. I was sitting there like, so is he her? Is, is she her his daughter or what? Because if it's anything other than that, I'm going to be grow. Okay, good. It's daughter, father, daughter. Okay. We're fine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, um, I actually thought, you know, we'll get into it perhaps later, but I thought that the, 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 the tension between them, uh, through the last several episodes leading up to this has been excellent. Oh yeah. Uh, it's yeah, been yeah. done very well and they've acted it well. No. Uh, it, yeah. We should save this not for here, but for there, but like, you know, that, that part, Hindsight being 2020, it was, it was superb. Yep. Yep. Uh, we say hello again to Greg Anderson, who plays the Ori Prior. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was the administrator of the planet that they went to. And then, of course, he got turned into a prior at the end of the origin episode. Yep. And, and so 
we then say hello for this episode to Kamyar Chai, mm-hmm. who plays Azdak. He's mm-hmm. the, the village leader. This is a mini biography by Anonymous. Oh, Anonymous. Anonymous, Anonymous is back. Yep. Uh, Kamyar Chai is an Iranian-Canadian actor, writer, and director, born in Iran and raised in London, New York, and Vancouver, Chai earned his MFA in theater at the University of British Columbia. Chai has performed extensively across Canada and the United States. Mm -hmm. He is a regular contributor to CBC Radio and is the founding artistic director of one of Canada's leading independent theater companies, New World Theater. He is also a published playwright, and his opera librettos have been produced in Canada and the United States. Hmm. Chai has appeared in numerous plays, including Adrift on the Nile and The Adventures of Ali and Ali, as well as TV series, including Da Vinci's Inquest, Stargate SG-1, Intelligence, and Masters of Science Fiction. His film credits include Protection, Hegira, Everything's Gone Green, The Last Mimsy, and Ambrosia. Mm-hmm. His first IMDb credit came in 1995 when he played the hot dog vendor in the TV series Strange Luck. Aha, uh-huh, okay. In the episode Blind Man's Bluff. Ah, uh, oh, yes. There you go. I have no idea. That's okay. Good. Yep. All right. So, uh, we have uh, Pablo Coffey, who plays mm-hmm. Vachna. This is the, mm-hmm. the guy who gets sick and then healed by the, the uh, prior and then gets sick again. Yeah. Uh, right. So he was sick and then he was healed. So uh, he is known for Titanic. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was actually on like the loop crew for the movie Titanic. Hmm. Um, he was in Stargate SG-1 and Andromeda. Mm-hmm. That's what I know. His first IMDb credit came in the TV miniseries The Maharaja's Daughter back in 94. Yeah. He played the character of Leon. Mm hmm. Um, and then we have a couple more that I want to highlight here. Nicola Correa Damoud. Uh, I probably butchered her name and I apologize for that. But she played like at the beginning when they were in the watching the play of things happening. Yes. She yes. was the one that played Vala in that play. Gotcha. Yes. Right. So she is a graduate of Studio 58 and the Birmingham Conservatory for Classical Theater Training at the Stratford Festival of Canada. Mm-hmm. She was born in 81 in Toronto. She's an actress known for Shadowhunters, Burden of Truth, and The Boys. Mm-hmm. Uh, and her first IMDb credit came in the series Young Blades in 2005, when she plays a cafe waitress in an episode called Secrets. Okay. And her Stargate credit is actually her second credit, also from Aha! 2005. So this is like the beginning of her yeah. IMDb career. Get 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 it on the ground floor. Yep. Uh, and then we've got Matt Davis Johnson, who plays the warrior in that play. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is the one who who dies and you know, blah, 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 yeah blah, yeah blah, with, blah. The, with the scarf. Yep. yep. Um. So he was known for the dishwasher, Coyote Mountain, and Psych. Uh, okay. His first IMDb credit came in two thousand one in the TV series So Weird, and he played Quinn in the episode The Muse. Uh Aha. Okay. So interestingly, like during the auditions, apparently he was the only one that actually brought some like uh, uh, scarves or whatnot uh, to the audition to do the, oh, I'm bleeding, and he's pulling (laughs) things out. 
Uh, yeah. I mean, that was in the script. It was there. But when the audition came, he was like the only one to actually like do that. Uh, you're so, hired. You're hired. Yep. Um, apparently that scene was uh, kind of a late addition because uh, uh, because they were running short on some things. They mm. needed a little extra time for some stuff. Uh, so they they I thought it was a lovely addition. I, I thought it was, too. I, th- I thought it, it really kind of um, gave added, added a little bit of humor at the beginning of this episode. And yep. it needed it because it's going to get dark real quick. Yep. Yep. Uh, and and uh, it just kind of um, added fleshed out uh, Vala as Katesh. Yes. Okay, so the original air date for this episode is August 12, 2005. And Brent, it is yes. official. Yes. We have met by the time this episode airs. Yay! Woo! Welcome to the era of Brent and Zach. Yes. Yeah. So uh, the, the first time I was introduced to Brent, uh, I, I was informed that he looks an awful lot like uh, uh, Ferris Bueller. Yeah. From Ferris Bueller's Day Off. I mean, uh, I did. Uh, Day Out. Yeah. That's time. Uh, yeah not, not as much as that now. Not so much anymore. Uh, nope. But but the first time I saw him, he had he was in his apartment and I was out in the courtyard and he opened the window and kind of leaned out there. And I'm like, oh, crud. Yeah, he really does look kind of <laughs> like Ferris Bueller. <laughs> Blink and you'll miss it. <clears throat> All right. So uh, number one on the charts. We are not very creative at this point in time because we're all still living, listening to We Belong Together by Mariah Carey. Yeah, yeah. And we're still listening to You're Beautiful. Oh, yeah. Sure were. By James Blunt. Yep. Uh, in the box office for this week, we have number one, Four Brothers. Okay. Number two, The Skeleton Key. Okay. Number three, The Dukes of Hazard. I have heard of that one. Number four, The Wedding Crashers. I have also heard of that one. And number five, Deuce Bigelow European Gigolo. I have also heard of that one. Yeah. I have seen none of them. <laughs> I, have, I, I have seen Wedding Crashers. Ah, okay. At some point in time, I saw that. At least, at least part of it. Yeah, sure. Um, but that's the only one of those that I've seen. And I, I had no idea how to try to tie anything together with Deuce Bigelow European Gigolo to end so I didn't even bother to try. <laughs> We're just going to do this one just straight on through. We're straight. All right. So this episode airs on <laughs> August 12. Well, August 12 was a busy day. Let me tell you. So there was an F1 tornado that struck Glen Cove, New York on the 12th. Oh, wow. And that's a very rare, rare event on Long Island. They don't typically get tornadoes. Oh, wow. Long Island. Yeah. Yep. Um... Also on 12, there was an F2 tornado that struck a coal mining town, uh, struck the coal mining town of Wright, Wyoming, and that destroyed nearly 100 homes and killed two people. Oh. Uh, Also on the 12, we have civil unrest provoked in the Maldives. Mm -hmm. Is it Dives or Deves? Maldives. Maldives. Uh, You know, my pronunciation is never as good as it could be. Eh, It just shows that that you first came across it by reading. This is the thing. That's true. That's if true. somebody mispronounces a word, it means that the first time they were exposed to it was reading it, which is fine. Yep. And also on August 12th, uh, Sri Lanka's foreign minister, Lakshman Kadurgamar, mm-hmm. is fatally shot by the liberation oh, of tigers of Tamil Elam, 
by uh Liberation Tigers of Tamil Elam Tunnel Elam, yeah. Uh at his home. So Yuck. Yikes. Yeah, that was a busy day. Ugh. Ugh. Oh, well. You got any got any got anything that's like uplifting? Uh well, so I got some trivia. That's uplifting, usually. Usually. So, um, this is the 179th episode of Stargate SG-1. Aha! This, thereby, is the episode that surpasses SG-1's run from Next Generation. Next Generation had 178 episodes. Uh Aha! And so now, this becomes the longest running sci-fi something or another at the time. Ah, okay. Very nice. Um, Congratulations, SG-1! Yes, congratulations. Now, this episode, um, all of the character names for this episode come from characters from Bertolt Brecht's play, The Caucasian Chalk Circle. Oh, huh. Uh, and and I, I didn't mean to look up some of the, the details about The Caucasian Chalk Circle, and I didn't have time. Yeah. So, uh, it's a play by Bertolt Brecht. Okay. And it's got some names in it, like, uh, <laughs> that are weird. And, uh, and Martin Carroll thought, hey, yeah. those would make good alien names. And so, <laughs> so he used I'm gonna, them. I'm just going to lift them right here. There we go. Yep. And done. And done. All right. So uh, the opening scene in this episode with Vala and Cam Mitchell in the cafeteria mm-hmm. was originally supposed to involve Jackson and Vala in Jackson's lab. Yeah. However, uh, this was filmed second unit uh, actually during the filming of a future episode. and. Um, when Michael Shanks came in on that day, he had shaved his beard. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, uh, you know, for continuity and such, yes. he couldn't have a shaved beard. <laughs> and so, so they instead, quick instead rewrote of it and out his face. in the <laughs> cafeteria and gave it to <laughs> Mitchell. It's cinnamon. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. All right, you just sit here, eat some Jello, and a nod back to uh, back to O'Neill, and just say these words. Great, exactly. go exactly. Um, so this episode, then, in uh, the title of this episode in French is called proselytizing. Okay, yeah, yeah. The Italians call it the Ori threat. Uh huh. The Spanish call it the ones who have the power. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the Czech call it glory to gods in the highest. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. That's probably, I bet you that's a play on the, you know, on the undoubtedly Christian phrase that is translated into Czech, but then they added the plural. I bet you. Uh, I'm, I'm certain that is. Uh, uh, it's just like, okay, there you go. Uh, the German, well, we'll get to the German in just a minute. The Hungarian okay. calls it great powers. Aha. Uh-huh. Yes. And the Germans uh, like to do things in two, and so they have a TV title and a DVD title. (laughs) The TV title was Power Games. Okay. And the DVD title title was Higher Powers. Gotcha. Gotcha. (laughs) So, there you go. Yeah. Um, Are you ready, Brent, for the synopsis? Yes. Let's dig into this. All right. Let's dig into this episode. So Vala is bored. She's stuck at the SGC until the connection between her and Daniel dissolves. Currently, she's in the commissary with Mitchell. She's discovered that an Ori prior has arrived on a planet that she's familiar with. 
In fact, it's a planet that she has. She claims that the people trust her. It's mm-hmm. PAX 412, naturally. Of course. Naturally. Now, if they go there, they can help them reject origin. Okay. Convenient. Now, Mitchell immediately leaves the table with his jello because any planet that trusts Zavala is in serious danger. Yeah. Yeah. So, Mitchell, Daniel, Teal'c, and Vala head to PADX 412. They sneak into the pyramid uh, because Vala said so, and they don't understand why. But anyway, soon Vala reveals all. These villagers worship her as their god, Katesh. Oh, dear. Mm-hmm. We learned that Katesh controlled this planet and that when the Toker removed the symbiote from Vala's head, uh, this was one of the few places that Vala could go for some safety. Right. Of course, she found that safety by impersonating Katesh while she was there. She gathered the Nakoda from their mines and some other riches. There weren't very many of those, but she gathered what she could to help establish her in the galaxy. And now she wants to take some more of those treasure boxes back with her because they are technically hers, I guess. And then with a little bit of luck, um, maybe she'll just be able to order the villagers to reject the prior's message. Sure. Yeah. Now, the, the people do seem to worship Katesh. So that's... Okay, they even perform a play for her. It's not a very good one, but they do it. And Vala is sufficiently pleased with their work. Now, all that said, Daniel and the rest of the team doubt Vala's ability to simply order the villagers to reject Origin. The Prior's powers are very real. And in fact, on a previous visit, the Prior healed the villager, Vachna, or Vachna, uh, of a very terrible illness. And this has caused... He's become kind of a proselyte, and this has caused a rift between the villagers. Vachna and some others are praising the Ori, while the villager leader, Azdak, remains militantly faithful to Katesh. Mm-hmm. The team knows that they can't compete with the prior in a god-v-god showdown, so they had to figure out a different way. And finally, Daniel persuades Vala that their only hope is for her to tell the truth. And if her people can come to see Vala as a false god, maybe... They'll be suspicious of the Ori, too. Mm-hmm. At which point I say, oh, Daniel. <laughs> you, you, I mean, I'm not saying you that you're child. wrong, that you shouldn't <laughs> say. <laughs> but do you really think it's going to play out like that? <laughs> uh, trust him. Trust him. Uh, yeah. Unfortunately, the revelation of Allah's true identity doesn't go over so well. Nope. Shocker. The outraged villagers, led by Azdak, toss her in prison and put her on, put her through a Maldoran, that is to say, a trial. Uh-huh. Yes, Vala named a trial after herself. Amazing. Now, at stake in this Maldoran is nothing less than Vala's life. Okay. So, Azdak lays out all the charges against Vala and wants a harsh judgment. Fact is, few things are more dangerous than a militant devotee whose devotion proves false. Betrayal is often a bloody business. On the other hand, Daniel argues that Vala deserves mercy because she came forward and told the truth, and she did so so that they would be able to recognize the falsehood of gods in the future. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. Now, during the Maldoran, a prior arrives. And the trial quickly changes flavors. No longer are we debating Vala and her impersonation of Katesh, 
Now we are debating the Ori, their power, and their demand to be worshipped. Daniel's explanation that the power of the Ori arises from understanding a technology, not magic or godhood, is good, but not good enough for the villagers. It's clear that they are listening to the prior, and his message is beginning to resonate with them, because he's a good orator, and he's got a magic stick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. They finally deliberate on Vala's fate, and they finally tell her that uh, they have decided that they will not actually kill her. Instead, she'll just be imprisoned for life. Good. You know, cake or death. Cake or death. Cake or death. Cake, please. Cake. Cake. Death. Death. I mean, cake. You said cake first, or death first. <laughs> I actually oh, said- we're all out of cake. <laughs> oh, death. <laughs> I'm getting I'm getting the inflection wrong. Friends, if you haven't seen Eddie Izzard do that, you just go 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 see it. Just figure it out. Figure out a way to see that and see it. It's great. Yeah. So as she and Daniel attempt to change Azdak's mind on the whole life imprisonment thing, they are in full informed that Vachna has fallen ill again. No. Oh dear. Daniel has an idea and gets Vala to heal him using a Gulwold healing device. This demonstration forces many of the villagers, including Vachna, to potentially question the validity of the prior's claims. Until more people begin collapsing with the same illness. Uh A plague ensues. Mm -hmm. I'm not quite dead. Okay, now I'm dead. (sighs) (sighs) Exactly. (laughs) Shall I continue? Or do you just want to keep going? <laughs> I'm trying to think of unique death voices. It's tough. It's not easy. <laughs> there we go. That's a good one. That's a good one. All right. So Vala works diligently trying to heal the people. <laughs> but soon even her healing device stops working on this disease. The SGC sends a medical team to the planet to help out, wearing their not quite very good ha- ha- hazmat outfits. But, you know, it's, it's TV. So just pretend. Just just it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. But uh, things are moving too fast for even Dr. Lamb and her team. Even Colonel Mitchell falls ill. Yeah. Soon Aztec dies. Here, Brent, do it again. Meep. Meep? <laughs> Vala is torn apart by all of this. The emotional weight feels more than she can bear. <laughs> oh no, look at all these people die. <sighs> There's another one. <laughs> oh boy. Oh. The prior returns. The villagers have been beaten down. They cannot fight the power of the Ori. They beg the prior for help. They will worship the Ori. Now, for her part, Vala is fed up. She takes a P90 and threatens the prior if he doesn't save the people. And she threatens the prior if he doesn't save the people. I'll yeah. get my, my inflection there properly. She pulls the trigger and bullets fly. But they are stopped by some kind of magical shield surrounding the prior. Nah, he's the, the bullets, one. Nero. The, what? What? He's Neo. Oh, okay. The Matrix. Neo. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. I said yeah. Nero, but whatever. Well, yeah, that, that's, that's not quite right. No. Neo. Yes. Uh, anyway, uh, the bullets are stopped by some kind of magical shield provi- surrounding the prior, a.k.a. the one's power. Yes. Yes. The bullets fall to the ground. 
He is not fazed by any of this. Mm-hmm. The villagers fall prostrate. Hallowed are the Ori, intones the prior. And the people repeat the phrase, mm-hmm. Hallowed are the Ori. And then the prior activates his staff, and a glow encompasses the village. All are healed, including Cameron Mitchell, and mm-hmm. those who have died come back to life. Mm-hmm. Our heroes are dumbfounded. They have no words to say, nothing to do in the face of this power. The prior tells the SG-1 team to tell others what they have seen this day. Yep. Bala, Daniel, and Teal'c silently watch as the prior leaves, as the villagers bow down to the prior as he passes. Mm-hmm. The end. The end. So, Brent. Yeah. The powers that be. Yeah. What'd you think? Yeah. Uh, hmm. I, I, hmm, not sure. I'm not sure. Um, I think that they are, I think that the show is, uh, is skating on some, uh, un, unsup, uh, how better to say this? They are, they're, they're going out into story elements specifically around religion that have been done a number of times. I think it had been a number of times in sci-fi. And they're going about it in much the same way that a lot of those other stories have done, where uh, to the frustration of the main characters and presumably the audience, uh, the the individuals being shown on the screen are not engaging in sufficient rationality and therefore are being sucked into a con man's show. And I think that this episode did somehow did better than average on that partly because the village people first are not the same as the band i probably should have used a different phrase definitely not the village people yeah wrong 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 group the villagers are uh they 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 kind of i was looking at this in a favorable light because it looked like the villagers were predisposed to being a people of some kind of faith. They were individuals that wanted to believe in a godlike power. And so uh even though the task on the table was to try to convince them of the falsity of these gods first by showing that uh that Vala was no was not was never a god um but you know certainly Katesh wasn't either. And then by proxy to then launch an argument that says, therefore, there are no such thing as gods. Um, and that's no, that, I mean, that's not exactly what it was. Right. But it certainly I, I felt like it was kind of intoned that way, but they didn't say it like that. They said, Katesh is a false god. Therefore, you can believe that the Ori are a false god, too. And it's like, that's that's not. No, that's not how logic works. First. And secondly, that's that's. You know, like that's presuming that all people are predisposed to this kind of rationalization or rational thinking that we just take for granted. That's not necessarily true. And so as a result, I was kind of seeing the actions of the villagers um, in a uh, their actions were not contradictory. They were a little. So the ice was still thin because they were being portrayed as kind of versions of simpletons, not really simpleton simpletons, but you know, like they, 
they, they, they just didn't get it. They just didn't get it. And maybe if they had been given more evidence, they would have gotten it or something like that. If only we could give them enough evidence and they'll get it. Um, the, the show then takes a bit of an interesting right turn on that one by kind of like, again, creating a situation where I, the viewer, kind of shrug my shoulders and go, you know, like, you know, Daniel's point about understanding and mastering knowledge beyond the abilities of a current group can be misconstrued as magical or godly, uh, divine, but it's still uh, it's still just knowledge mastery. It's not actual like divinity and more to the point, using it in certain ways, specifically in destroying individuals who refuse to uh, partake in a particular aspect of your power creep uh, is wrong. It's ethically wrong, morally wrong, I should say, morally wrong. And that's Daniel's position. That's Daniel's position. And the show kind of just creates another moment where we have to shrug our shoulders and go, I mean, I guess you're totally right, but uh, let's look at the facts on the ground. Here's a bunch of people who are like beyond impoverished. They are desperate. They just, they, 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 their, their um, priority of needs are not being met in the same way that mine are. And therefore, when when a calamity befalls them, even if that calamity is caused exactly by the person that is claiming to relieve them from it, and, you know, I'm kind of throwing up my hands like, I mean, what, what do you expect? Like, like, like they're going to they're going to make sure that they have bread on the table first. That's yeah. that's going to be their first worry. And if this guy uh, shows up and with his uh, with his little light with his little light show literally raises people from the dead you're gonna be hard pressed to convince folks that that's not divine power uh and so i am really 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 interested in where the show is going like really interested i cannot for one second believe that this is going to be seasons nine and ten hanging its hat on the notion of well the or i are just gods and that's the end of it. But no, they're going to it's there's the story is going to somehow take a turn somewhere. We're going to somehow take a turn. I've I've got to worry that we're going to take a turn into something that is pretty flimsy. Right. Some some weird little gotcha that won't actually be that satisfying of a crunch. Hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You know, some some weird little thing where we just happen to stick C4 on the right thing and all of a sudden like the whole show comes to an end I, you know what i mean like I, I right like that that would be really dissatisfying if that was where we went with a sto- as a story um i am really interested in where we're going as a story and that's really cool uh and there was another point about the religiosity thing that i wanted to make um what was it it was uh these people don't have their needs being met this guy shows up is doing stuff um I can't quite can't quite put my finger on it, but it was basically in defense of the of the folks themselves, Uh, something to the tune of how I thought that this episode did actually a pretty okay job, even though I don't think they intended to do it, of showing a group of people that were just true to themselves. And they were people that wanted, again, bringing it back to this, that they they were individuals that that I was viewing them as not backwards, but like this was something that was important to them, that this. That, that belief in this manner was important to them. And this guy shows up and fills that need. Like, what are you going to do? Uh, 
so right so so um i i also i thought that vala's uh character development in the last third of the episode was good but also i'm not sure why i watched her kind of go through that self-blaming moment and believed it but i did because as i'm really thinking about it she went from like like crazy self-confident to like probably in a moment of vulnerability lying through her teeth to daniel and last episode of the episode before right therefore not being vulnerable at all to this moment here where she's feeling remorseful and it might just be um it might just be how it was delivered right it might just be claudia black doing such a good job with it that i'm like yeah like you know maybe maybe she was doing enough acting with her eyes that I was like buying the lines. But like, as I'm really thinking about it, it was like, that was a little fast. There was a lot about this. That was a little fast, um, but it was okay. Like the, 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 the disease thing, right? Like we were getting some indications that there might have been some, maybe uh, ideas that this was like a virus type of a thing. And they were trying antivirals and it was just not working. And then it just stopped. I don't know if we're going to go back and do any more analysis on that one, or if it's we're going to see it again, or I don't know what, but like that one felt like it resolved pretty quick. Um, sorry. Well, I don't think it actually resolved at all. They were that's, trying. They were trying antivirals because that's the best they had. The, yeah, and, and then, then the, guy the shows prior up. comes yeah. and yeah. cures everybody. Yeah, I maybe mean, what their their line of tests kind of came to an abrupt end when the teacher comes and says, "Time's up." <laughs> Pencils down. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. Uh. There's still something about it that just felt a little dissatisfying. I'm not exactly sure what it was, but it was it was important to the story, but it was also ancillary to the story. You know what I mean? Like mm. it was it was absolutely vital to the point of trying to get across about how there was an affliction hitting the villagers. And then this guy shows back up and he does his little light show and everybody's fine. And not only is everybody fine, but like like this is the thing. This is the thing, Zach. Uh, I'm not confident that the show is actually going to resolve the bring a person back to life thing to satisfaction. I'm actually not confident that they're going to be able to do that. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. Um, because if a creature or group of creatures have that ability, uh, calling them gods is, is semantic at this point. Like, I think that there might be another piece of the puzzle. And I'm sorry, then I'll let you go. But this is my sort of my last big thought. Sure. Um, uh, oh, go ahead. Do you have more? Yes. Oh, sorry. My last big thought is this, that the the story does seem to kind of hinge on the notion that there can only be a single omniscient, omnipotent God or none at all, because the middle ground is that a disembodied spirit that is able to exert will and uh and and influence inside the mortal plane that we occupy may be flawed and may have flawed motivations and may not know everything and might not have all power but in other definitions that's still divine and therefore if these creatures these ascended who have gotten in their heads that they are to be worshiped are behaving like that and have that kind of influence and have that kind of abilities within our mortal plane I'm kind of shrugging my shoulders. Like I'm not happy about it, but are they wrong? 
So that's my that's my yeah within the context of the story. Okay, so that was my last big thought. Go for it. So, um, a uh, I, I should have taken notes while you were talking. No, sorry. Uh, <laughs> that's right. Uh, so this 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 idea of gods, right? So like this is an episode that 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 really just kind of begs the question: What is a god? Yes. Um, and as a theologian, that's right. a question that I ask regularly. What does it mean to be a god? What does it mean to be the god? Right. Um, you know, how would we know one way or the other? Um, and then I'm also uh, a person who is uh, a respecter of science. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I'm not a scientist. I never claim to be a scientist. Um, but I also respect the, the role that science has in uh, our world. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in 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 co the cosmos and in frankly my cosmology, yes. Um, and there is a term out there called uh, "God of the Gaps." Are you mm -hmm. familiar with this term? No. So the idea is, um, the you know what makes a god? Well, anything that I don't know how it can happen. Oh yeah 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 yeah. Well, then yep. it says, well, then a miracle occurred. Yep. Right. Um. Well, what happens if our scientific understanding um, uh, fills in the mechanisms of that? Yep. Well, now all of a sudden the space where God exists, because God existed in the spaces where we didn't understand what was going on. And mm -hmm. so we just gave it to God. You know, I don't know how it rains in lightnings. And so a God must have done it. Mm -hmm. um, well, now we know the, the weather systems that create rain. So mm -hmm. does that mean God's not doing that? Because we didn't, you know, uh, that's the, the idea of God of the gaps. Mm -hmm. And, um, one of the things that I do as a person of faith and as a theologian is to wrestle with that and try to find a way to talk about God such that it's not simply, um, a God of the gaps. It's not just mm -hmm. a God that, that does the things that I don't understand. Um, and even, so like, one of the things that, that is often done in science, uh, especially in recent years, we talk about uh, astrophysics and science and, and such, um, talking about everything leading up to the Big Bang. And then the question is, well, what happened before the Big Bang? Right. And right now, uh, our question of science can't answer that because science has limited itself says, well, I, I, I can't answer what happened before that because that's outside of my bounds. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, whatever else God is or isn't doing in the created realm, uh, God is often in theistic circles placed into that place beyond the big bang. Mm -hmm. Right. So what was before the big bang? Well, God, um, right. uh, you know, and, but even that then creates a sense of a God of the gaps where, where we are limiting God's abilities to a, or, or God's realm. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, outside that. Um, and I want to try to reject that and still be able to hold on to some sense of, of the meta quali metaphysical quality of God, the supernatural quality of God, um, without simply saying God is the God of the gaps. Right. Um, so, this episode here is an episode that, that uh, 
wants to try like one of the things that 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 uh uh Daniel is trying to argue for is that when we start talking about who the god or who the gods truly are we're not just talking about things that have superpowers we're talking about things that go beyond that uh there's something more to it than that um and uh, now I'm I'm losing my my focus here because I'm still getting a little bit sick. Sure. Um. But uh, you know the, the 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 villagers are looking at what the priors are doing, and frankly, even our heroes are looking at what the priors are doing and saying, "Well, I can't explain what happened there." Right. And they want to resist that 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 uh, the the hero our heroes are want to resist the idea of saying. Uh, well, that must be God powers, you right. know, um, and and Daniel knows because Daniels have more experience with the Ori already that uh, any actually they, I think they're in the, the prison, the cell when he's talking about this. Uh, we haven't read the fine print yet. Right. Uh, the the Ori are using their abilities like the Gould used their abilities to get people to worship them. Mm-hmm. Um. And the, I mean, the Gould dude did this because then they get power through it, uh, and then they get, uh, you know, whatever. But we don't know exactly why the Ori are doing this, um, and so then that's the big question there. Uh, I think that that uh, uh, I'm bouncing around. Uh, no, it's okay. Uh, I mean, at least I'm following. I don't know about sure. anybody else. Yeah, yeah. Well, there you go, uh, Daniel. <laughs> Daniel kind of assumes. That whatever we mean by God um, or gods, it is something uh, beyond that which we can articulate. Um, you know, whether that's, you know, a, a Christian sense of, of God uh, or, or a Judeo-Christian sense, uh, you know, an Abrahamic sense of God uh, to, to bring Muslims, Jews, and Christians into that general sense. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I can speak greater to that than I can to to Eastern religions. Um, you know the but uh, the the I think I think for Daniel the nature of God is non created. Uh, there there is no beginning, right? Yeah, yeah. To yeah. to God as he understands it, whatever yeah. what whatever he means by it, uh, it's never explained. We don't you know uh, it, it's it's perhaps not even important. Uh, for the sake of the show, um, but uh, what he's looking at with the Ori is that we have a creature that has uh, evolved to a level of power manipulation in the galaxy that is godlike. Mm-hmm. Um, but just because it is godlike powers, uh, that doesn't mean that. Uh, you have ascended into the realm of God. There's mm-hmm. also a sense I think Daniel has is that um, there is uh, an ethical goodness in his concept of God. Yeah. Um, and that that ethical goodness is um, at the at the minimum not malicious. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think maybe that's how he would probably end up functionally defining it. Uh, that that the, the the role of God is I don't know maybe he's a deist 
Uh, maybe, maybe God's job was to turn the button on and then walk away and leave us alone right. to figure things out on our own. Right. Um, uh, it could be that, that his concept of God isn't uh, as uh, theistic as that, and it's just uh, the, the, that God is the, uh, the, the concept of the truth of the, the galaxy, the, the full right. truth of the galaxy. Or not that you got the universe. Right. Maybe even the multiverse. Who knows? Sure. Um, and so that's not necessarily a theistic position. Uh, it could be more of a philosophical idea. Um, but the, the, the sense therein is that any creature or something that is working to try to subvert that is wrong. Mm-hmm. That's his theology. Um, and, you know, the... The, the villagers aren't worried about that high-end level thinking. No. They need some they, bread on the table. They, they, they need food. Yep. They, you know, they, they need to eat. Um, you know, they need, they need somebody, something to take care of broken bones. Yeah. When they happen. Yep. Because when you're making food, you break things. Yeah. Um, you know, that's what they're worried about. Um, and, you know, Daniel's conception of god doesn't um doesn't really uh address that and i think that's part of the 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 problem that the sgc has right now Mm -hmm. uh it's that um uh the the ori through the priors are able to address the the foundational needs of people in a way that are sufficiently godlike, especially given the worldviews that they came from, uh, yeah. I, aka uh, the Gould systems that they lived under, right? Um, that that the ability to try to persuade them that godlike powers does not make one a god; uh, it just makes one a very powerful person mm-hmm. or creature, which then subsequently is is uh 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 under the influence of all of the various problems and challenges that we as people are under mm-hmm. um and and daniel's like uh, and i think that's part of the point of this episode is to say how do you argue with somebody that what they're doing is wrong when what they're doing is feeding the people. Yeah. I mean, I think you can go a little further, but I'll let you keep going. Uh, um, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'll pause right there. Go ahead. The, the, the going a little further is brutal. Uh, and that is to, um, to acknowledge that we have, uh, we have a, uh, minimally a societal, maybe an eight, sense that the secession of not secession the cessation the cease the ending of somebody's existence the cessation of existence of their existence against their will constitutes a moral wrong that matters and uh i'm doing that thing where i'm choosing my words really carefully yep where the ending of somebody's existence is a moral wrong that matters uh, there's another way of looking at that where it is a moral wrong, period. That doesn't matter. 
Uh, we don't like to think that. That doesn't make us feel good at all. But if what's happening is, um, you know, uh, like, let's let's look at this episode from the viewpoint of the uh, of the pyramid that was there. Okay. It got built 5000 years ago and it's been sitting there and it's looking down and it sees these little itty bitty people things just like spring up and fall down just so fast. Right. And sometimes they fall, they spring up and fall down a little bit faster, or a little bit slower than the others. But I mean, it's just happening They're, they, they They pop up, they run around, they fall down. Uh what does it matter that somebody walked in and was like, whoa, they all fell down and then walked away like, you know, that matters to us as the individual. And that matters to us because our particular worldview and our life way says that this matters and that it is a moral wrong that matters. Right. But uh, I think that there's an argument that says, mm, yeah, I mean, it matters to them, but does it matter? Mm. So, so now so I'm going to I'm going to push on that just a little bit and say um what happens to me and the people around me matters to me yeah and it matters to you because it matters to me sure period that's all that matters well what about the ant outside well the ant is dealing with its issues (laughs) what matters to the ant i don't know i'm not an ant all right but i'm i'm rolling my eyes on that one it's like yeah, okay. But I mean there 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 is there there is but what matters to the mountain? Well, I, I well, d- does anything matter to a mountain? Does a mountain have the sufficient consciousness that it, it that anything can matter to it? So, this is what I'm really driving at. It makes a ton it makes a ton of sense Zach, that you are arguing that position. Why? Well, f- multitudes of reasons. You are well versed and established inside a philosophical framework that you grew up in and then studied and then and then learned and 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 challenged and you know what i mean like like this show is written for western european and north american audiences primarily it's international but that's the culture base in which it's coming from and therefore it makes a ton of sense to have your character walk up onto screen and say and point his finger at an alien who has usurped certain technology and say, you are a false god. And we're like, yeah, he's false god. And it makes sense for him to then point his finger at a creepy looking guy that doesn't fit our definitions of what looks n- nice and wholesome and point his finger and say, you kill people who don't believe with you. Therefore, you represent a false god and us to go. Yeah, it makes total sense. But it makes sense because of the framework we're looking at it from. And when you were talking about Daniel and his position and whether he's a deist or something like that, it's actually, I think, crucially important for these kinds of conversations. Big asterisk of which I'll go into right now. Asterisk. This show is probably not wanting to actually open up these philosophical and theological cans of worms quite so uh, uh, fully, Zach, as you and I are opening up these cans of worms. Sure. probably is not intending this in the least it wants to be entertaining it wants to create a, a vicious bad guy that seems really powerful it wants to do it within an interesting framework it's choosing this direction I, i'm here for this it's not actually examining these questions to the degree that you and i are but i i think that a person can make a solid argument that says there are other ways of looking at the world in which there is not a single 
omniscient, omnipotent, all power, uh, um, uh, good God. And therefore, what is a God matters. And therefore, the question and the definition. And therefore, understanding Daniel Jackson's position and his definitions matter a lot. Right. So because so here, it here's defines where he's going with his argument and yeah. where he ends up wanting. To, what, what's he what's he trying to push against? So here's one of the things that Daniel is is arguing for. Right. Daniel believes that the value of the individual matters. Yes. And and it matters. And, and here's his preference is that it matters to that individual more as an individual Yes. Not as simply a resource for something else. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and so the the issue with the Ori is that they are doing something to try to turn uh, humans into a commodity. Yeah. It, the the, the I'll, I will let you keep going. But the thing that Daniel said, he still hasn't figured out why the Ori are doing this. Right. That's the thing that's bothering him. All right, carry on. Right. So, but but he knows that that you know because because what is the Ori is saying? Worship us, or I'll kill you. Right. Yes. Um. Because you know, and 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 you know, as that, that that's a problem. Mm-hmm. That, that 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 that's a problem for. I mean, you know, for for humanity. Um, we, we, we have run into that time and time again, where mm-hmm. he says, do what I'm going to tell you to do, or I will kill you, mm-hmm. is a problem. And to see that on a cosmic, quasi-divine level is a problem. And even if that is the only God that's out there, that's not a God that is worth worshiping, because it's not a God that gives two poops about... The worship. Sure, sure. That's I mean, what's going on. Yeah. Now, I, I think that the pushing back on that is an interesting thing, but I also think it's kind of, it's not going to help us enjoy this television show anymore or any less. Fair. I think here, here's where I want to come down. It's like, yeah, like ultimately, my perspective. Is the only thing that I can use to assess whether I think something yeah, 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 yeah. is mm-hmm. good or bad, right? And we've had this conversation. Yep. I, Zach, believe that each person has intrinsic value. Yep. And that that value needs to be honored. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I'm not real good at doing that always. But that's where I begin. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you can begin somewhere else. And if you begin somewhere else, that's fine. But if you begin somewhere else, and as a result, you start doing things that do not honor the intrinsic value of all humans. Well, and it's not just humans, to be fair. Um, then I am going to stand opposed to you. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's a f- the, 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 them's, them's the facts. That, that's, yeah. that's just, that's how that goes. Yep. And, you know, if, if you start, um, you know, trying to turn your, your neighbors into, you know, plant food. Yeah. By, by just killing them and grinding them up 
and and you know maybe maybe making soylent green burgers or whatever yeah. you know yeah. i don't know right. uh you know i'm I, i'm i'm gonna say brent you're wrong yes um that 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 is harmful yes yes um and and that's all i can come from you know i mean we can yeah. have well, yeah. we can we can argue till we're blue in the face yes about whether your philosophy or my philosophy or whatnot is right or wrong and you know to some degree we can potentially take a bird's eye view and look at your philosophy of grinding up your neighbors into Soylent burgers <laughs> and my philosophy of saying, that's a bad idea. Let's find something else to eat. Um, and, and, and we might be able to, to assess uh, where, you know, one philosophy is going to get you further, uh, going to get humanity or right. you know, society yeah. further yeah. than another. Um, and, and that's a worthwhile argument to have. Um, but, you know, in the end, if you're going to continue to try to turn your neighbors into Soylent burgers, I am going to have to do anything I can to stop you. Right. Uh, while at the same time doing my darndest to respect your intrinsic value as well. Because yeah. Because you no, have the, an intrinsic value, even I though think, you don't share the same philosophy uh, or perspective on that particular topic than I do. Now I'm just trying to be, you know, internally consistent with myself. Yeah, well, that's and and uh, I will, in my opinion, give you the uh, not the out uh, and it's not even a scaffolding. It's the structure. It's the structure in which, you know, it, it allows us to exist inside this framework that might seem like it's uh, internally inconsistent, which is cultural norm. Uh, the cultural norm that we come from matters big time. And the cultural norm where this show was produced is the same as the cultural norm that we are in right now. Uh, and therefore, a lot of what I'm asking is superfluous because the morality that is being shown on screen and the morality in which we engage with the story is to many extents one and the same. And it, that it, that it brings it back down to its cultural norm. So, you know, why would uh, an individual who thinks that grinding up people and, f and feeding it to the plants is a perfectly acceptable uh, uh, framework in which to live? Why is that uh, viewed as a absolutely heinous and terrible idea by just about everybody on the planet? It's cultural norm. That's why we can envision a future where that's not the cultural norm anymore. Do I want to live there? No, I do not. I do not want to live there. And but and that's where I find it interesting. Get yourself into a different framework with different rules and different understandings and different definitions. And now is it still good or bad? It's curious. It's interesting. It creates a whole lot of conversations. And then at the end of the day, it doesn't matter because I don't live there. <laughs> I, I am not a part of that. I'm not a part of that culture. I'm not a part of that time. It's as far as we know, completely made up, right? Like there is no place that's like uh, whatever planet they were on with a plant with a little pyramid that was uh, once being ruled by a false god who likes to change your voice and now is suddenly being visited by right right like right like this is all just hypothetical stuff. We live right. where we live now here, right? And so bringing it back to you and me here mm -hmm. now with this story, I am fine with pointing at the ore and going false gods. How are we going to deal with it? I'm really interested. I do think that the show is going to do something that I'm going to think is going to flub it up, but I'd be really interested to see if they bat it out of the park. And 
I don't know where I was going with that. I think that's, I ran out of steam. Yeah. Well, okay. So I want to shift gears <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. Uh, and talk a little bit about Vala here. Yes. Um, and that uh, I, I think that this is a, I, I really appreciate this episode uh, because we get a glimpse at the, the, the true Vala without the, the veneer that she puts on as a sign of protection, right? It sure seems like that, doesn't it? Um, I mean, I, I expect that this is true. This could be another ruse, but it sure looks like we're seeing the authentic Vala right now. You know, um, you know, I mean, I, 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 I suppose it, it, we could come up. All, all we can do now is look at this and yes. and assess this. But what we've got here is we certainly have a new picture of Vala. And it is a much more raw picture of Vala that actually has yeah. compassion and there's a deep fear of her inability to actually make a difference. Yeah. And and so one of the things that she has done because of she has this in fear of make, not being able to make a difference is trying to uh, barricade those feelings and then just look out for number one herself. Yep. You know, uh, and here she's put into a position. Uh, Daniel kind of uh, forces it on her in a, in a certain way. Um, but she also accepts it. Uh, right. She he pushes her into it, and and she's like, okay, I'll do this. Uh, we 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 get that that raw sense of, you know, I I want to make a difference, and I am I can't. I I'm, I'm exhausting myself, and and I'm pushing, and I'm pushing, and I'm and this doesn't work anymore. And right. I and now all I can do is watch people that I actually care about die. Yeah. Um. And, you know, this is a new picture that we haven't seen of Vala yet. Uh, it is something that, that there has been hints that something raw like this has been there, but it's always been covered, right? right. Even, even when she's in that room and she's talking to Daniel a couple episodes ago uh, about her past and she's trying to elicit sympathy. Right. And he's like... If even any of that was true, and she's like, is it working? And he's like, get out. Right. Well, we actually learned that apparently a large chunk of what she said there was true. Mm -hmm. I'm still suspicious. Well, Not I necessarily. Mean, well, okay. So, so there, there's, but there was truth in there. Uh, yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah, the facts might not have been the facts might it might not have been factual, but it was truthful. You know, but she she talked about how she was tortured, yeah, uh, by the people who were supposed to be her followers after they, you know, after the 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 Tolkra tried to do something good and take Katesh out of Vala, but then Vala gets tortured as Katesh because they don't realize that she's not Katesh anymore, right? And you know, and and the, that's scarring. Yeah. I mean, yikes. Um, you know, so we're, we're just, and I, and I thought that Claudia Black also did an absolutely tremendous job of, of playing that and, and, and building that up such that, you know, I, at this point in time, I have no choice but to begin to trust that these are real feelings about who she is. Yeah. Um, so yeah. I, I no. appreciate that. I am. This is a good show. This is this is a well-run show. I, again, I mean, I I reserve my uh, hesitations as I have as I have voiced them, but uh, in no way is this play, is this thing being run by a bunch of 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 
novice showrunners, right? Like they, right. they are creating a character. They're, they're creating a character. Like they had a character and that character had potential. And the actor who's playing her has wonderful abilities. And therefore it's an enjoyable uh, story and, and journey to watch. But um, the, what we see with Vala is uh, still, I'm going to choose to believe it because it's more fun. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I, I was hemming and hawing when we were, you know, when you were talking about like, you know, apparently what she was saying had some truth to it because theoretically she could be pulling a double cross or a con. You know what I mean? Like, sure. But ugh, yuck. Right. I mean, like, at I don't some wanna- point in time, at some point in time, I believe that you just have to start listening to what people are saying. Yeah. There's a lot. I there's this is I mean, it. <laughs> uh, a while ago, uh, I kind of started to take the sort of the, 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 the framework of, of uh, you know, what is life? How does life feel or what does life feel like when you just start believing people when they when they say what they say? Right. Like instead of always assuming that everybody and their story is like just making something up, especially the people that you don't agree with. What if you just kind of walked through and believed him like? Instead of saying to the person, well, you know, like, you know, is this really what's going on? Or are you just trying to, like, scam me or, or scam us or do something? How about you mm-hmm. just believe them, right? Like, I found, I, I believe that my life has gotten much better when I just, I don't just go through. Do, do I get taken advantage of? Yeah, sometimes. Sure. But do I end up helping people? As in, You know what I mean? Like, do I end up being a person who's able to create better good in the world? Yeah, I do. A lot more often. <laughs> like, like, and, maybe. And. And, you know, that right there is is a sense of, you know, where where this episode is coming down on. You know, it's just trying to say um, there are ways that we can operate in the world that are healthier for ourselves and healthier for our neighbors. Oh, yeah. Um, and there are ways that you can operate in this world that will get you ahead, but are actually not healthy for even you or others. Yeah. Um. And that uh, the 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 stand, the line in the sand that Daniel, especially and the SGC is drawing is that what you are doing or I is not actually helpful to the people. And here here's the, you know, the the conceit is uh, that which is unhealthy for the people is also unhealthy for ultimately unhealthy for the uh the the powers that be mm-hmm. now that may or may not actually be true uh you know there may actually be things that the powers that be do to the people that are perfectly healthy for them, but it's not actually healthy for the rest of us yeah um and our job is to try to resist that. I think that that's sort of the, the bringing it back to a midpoint of when we were talking about that. Uh, I'm not sure that the question of what is a God or what is God matters a lot, even to this story, because the gist is similar to what you were saying that at some point there are things worth following and there are things worth resisting. And even if, uh, even if the Ori are, Gods, 
it kind of doesn't matter because what they are doing is worthy of resistance and therefore we will resist. And, and, you know, and, and the reality is that the Ori have powers that operate in this world that can only be described in our linguistic process as godlike. Yeah. And one of the definitions of a god is a being that controls godlike powers. Yep. Uh, which means then that the Ori, in one definition, are gods. Right. Uh, that doesn't mean, though, that just because they are gods, that they should be worshipped as such. That uh, that what they're doing, and this is the, the same argument with the Gua Wuld, yep. that what they are doing is actually um, harmful. You know, whether it's harmful to them is, right. is frankly irrelevant. Yep. Um, you know, because I'm not them, I'm me. Now, if I were them, uh, this gets into some of the things, you know, my job is to ask the question, um, in what ways might I be the them? Mm-hmm. And in what ways might I be contributing to the systems that harm others? Yeah. And how can I use then the power that I do have in a way to resist that harm and encourage healthiness for all? Yep. Now, again, that, that's my perspective on things. Um, but uh, yeah, we've been yeah. talking a long time. Sure have. So we should probably... Uh, as I bang around here in my little studio bang, here. Bang, boom. Boom, bang. Uh, we should probably give this episode some Chevron ratings and see what Ooh. other people have to say. Ooh. It's time. It is. So, the powers that be. Yeah. Brent. Yeah. How are you going to rate this episode? Yeah. So, I said that I wasn't sure how to feel, and I that's was true and kind of still is true. Now, you know, the careful listener is sitting here saying they just had themselves a philosophical, theological, I'll use the word debate, wasn't really a debate, but you know what I'm saying, right? Yeah. Yeah. Argument in the best way, in the in the right way that that word is supposed to be used. Uh, and everybody knows that I love that. And it's true. I did. I really did. And uh y'all then kind of know that I go big when I like that kind of stuff. But on this one, it felt like it was creating the framework in which to have the conversation, but it didn't really feel like it contributed much to the conversation per se. So in that regard, I'm still kind of meh about this episode. Positive meh. Um, I did like I did like the uh the advancement of the Ori story overall, even though strictly speaking, no new information was gained. Uh, I did like the advancement of Vala, um, uh, even though I think that it is cynical, but rational to kind of wonder if what we're seeing is still authentic or not. I'm choosing to believe it. And I did like the seeds that got planted in the big story, especially Daniel's line of like, you know, I can see that they're doing it, but I'm still struggling to find to figure out why. I think that that matters. I think that we're going to get into it. I think that's going to be great. I'm kind of, like I said, I'm officially worried about where we're going to go with the story, but I think it'll be fun. So positive. I'm going to give this one a five out of seven. Uh, I think that uh, some of it probably could have been crisper. Uh, am I supposed to believe that Daniel Jackson didn't get sick because he was part ascended? Is that what I'm supposed to believe? Um, we don't know. 
Exactly. Uh, that that thing that ran through. I got to tell you, I'm serious. I didn't recognize Cam Mitchell on that gurney at all. Like all I saw was a soldier on it. I'm like, oh, wow, a soldier got sick. And then later it's like, oh, that was Cam. Oh, yeah. wow. So, I haven't so, recognized so his profile front, yet. On that front, they, they were <laughs> running short on time in that filming yeah. day. And and for because of just how things were, they couldn't get the camera to to pan up and tilt up in such a way that you could actually see his oh, face. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And they were running out of time, so they couldn't make it work. And so they did the best they could. Yeah, and, well, I, and I you it. are not the only one who didn't obviously <laughs> recognize Cam Mitchell on that gurney. Yeah, fine, fine. <laughs> they even but made a joke during the commentary, like, "Look, where? How did you get Val Kilmer to come out here?" Yes, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I can see that. I can see that. So, so overall, I mean, I, I don't think that this episode was like particularly strong, but on the other hand, it didn't. It wasn't bad at all, and it definitely created a framework for having a conversation that I delighted in. I am very excited to see where we go from this one. I think I would probably feel fine with missing this episode if I didn't see, you know what I mean? Like, it's it's okay. Five out of seven for me. What about you, Zach? What did you think? So, um, I like this episode. Yeah. Um, I think that this episode does uh, further the story along. Um, we get the question asked, um, not just what are they doing, but why are they doing? And I think that yeah. matters. Um, we also gain a lot of character development for Vala, um, which I think was excellently acted um, and done well with. Uh, we established now in this situ in this episode, um, like we up until this point, all we've seen the priors really do is talk. Yes. Uh, um, yeah, we saw, but they brought, he, one of them brought, uh, Daniel and Vala back to life with their clothes. Well, yeah, but that was, that was in the other galaxy. Oh, fair. Okay. Right. So in this galaxy, all we've seen is them talking, right? Yeah. Um, maybe doing a few little bit of miracles. Um, we haven't seen them yet. Uh, we know that, uh, some of the fine print that Daniel knows about is, you know, follow us or die, um, which is kind of a problem. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, um, but now we're, we're getting some of that, right? We're getting this insidious uh, prior who who uh, says all sorts of things that you have a hard time saying no to, but at the same time, there's just something that that, you know... You know, you got to figure out where the fly is. Yeah. Because it's there somewhere. Yep. Um, and, and we're seeing him uh, uh, enter into that, uh, the, 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 the follow us or die. Um, you know, we'll give you this sickness or whatever it is. And, you know, and then it, the only way to heal it is, is us. Mm -hmm. um, you know, that, that's, uh, so that, that furthers the, the bad guyness. Of it and the the absolute inability uh, of the SG one team to combat it. Mm -hmm. uh, this episode ends with a loss on their part, yep. and in fact, yep. you see that by like oftentimes the show will uh, zoom into our heroes, mm -hmm. right? We zoom into one of their faces or the team or something uh, as as we have a one final quip before we go to closing credits. Yep. Uh, this one, we don't have any of that. And in fact, the camera pulls away from them where we get yeah. further away 
Uh, you know, so this is an episode that that's about uh, ratcheting up the problems mm-hmm. that we're going to have to deal with. Um, and you're right that there is a danger that the the writers and the 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 creative process could screw it up. Yep. But what we're doing right now is we're still in Act One and we're creating a problem, and we're just saying not only is it a problem, but it's a really really big problem. Yeah. And our heroes don't have any idea what to do with it. And you know, up until this point, you know, we'll we'll have to wait and see how it is handled. But I think that at this point in time in the story, I think that's really important to do, and it's it's done well. Um, and then you got this episode where we start with Vala and Mitchell in the commissary, and we're we've been trained to think, oh, if it's a Vala centric episode, it's going to be kind of funny. Yeah, it's going to be a comedic element a- a- episode, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and and they they feed us that, and they feed us that, and then they pull the rug out from under us. And we get a real heartfelt thing. So, I'm giving this a six. Yeah, all right. I was thinking about giving it a six and a half. That, wow, yeah. that's just, I'm just going to give it a six. I'll be... Just going to give it a six. Okay. Just okay. give it a six. There you go. Not bad. All right. Right on. Uh, I, I, think, I think you were too harsh. But... That's okay. You know, uh, you are welcome to your opinion. Yes. Thank you. As are you. Oh, why, thank you. <laughs> so... So I have some Facebooks here. Yeah. Uh, We start with Sean. Hi, Sean. Sean says, watched a few weeks ago and wasn't overly exciting. Uh Uh-huh. Can't remember a whole lot about it, so I'm going to give it a four for Brent and a four and a half for Zach. Yeah. We liked it more than that. I liked it more than that. Yeah. Uh, Then we have Paul. Hi, Paul. Paul says, the mighty goddess Vala returns. (laughs) Is she powerful? (laughs) We shall find out. I foresee a six from both Zach and Brent. Okay. Ooh, very close. Yeah, they're actually quite close. Though this episode dragged a bit here and there, the courtroom cases bring up topics that get Zach and Brent on tangents. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Uh, This is a Stargate podcast, but we like the tangents too. (laughs) Glad you do. (laughs) I'm glad you like it. I mean, th- this tangent... It's absolutely related. Was absolutely related. Yeah. And just in case... Stargate, 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 Stargate! Stargate, 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 Stargate! Okay. And then we have Kevin. Hi, Kevin. Kevin says, hi, Zach. Hi, Brent. Oh, great. After a brief hiatus, we return with a Vala episode. Oh, what joy. <laughs> well, while I was trying to get an iPad to cooperate and go into recovery mode with iTunes, it did not want to cooperate. I took a few notes. Mm-hmm. Number one, every time I see Jello on Stargate, I want to eat Jello. Yeah. They make it look so good. They sure do. Yep. Number two, the scene with the play reminds me of the play scene in Thor Ragnarok. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Although, to be fair, this was long before Thor Ragnarok, so that should remind so you of this. Thor Ragnarok, yes. All right, number took three. Their, took their hints. Anyway, carry on. This episode reminds me of the season one episode where Tilt goes on trial for the crimes he committed while on the, in the service of Apophis. Mm-hmm. I can see that. Yeah. Uh, this episode shows us just how powerful the priors really are mm-hmm. and what happens to, to those who deny the teachings of origin. And although we don't know why the Ori want to be worshipped, rest assured, we will find out. Good. Good. 
I'm going to predict a five from both hosts. Oh, also close. I personally rate it lower because it's a Vala-centric episode. Ah. Yeah, well, you're wrong. (laughs) Hey, everybody's entitled to their opinions. Everyone is entitled to their opinions. P.S. I did eventually get the iPad to go into recovery mode and reset through iTunes. Hooray! Congratulations. And those are our Facebooks. Excellent. So over on Discord, I haven't yes. scrolled, but I see that there are we have I have an abundance, an abundance of things on Discord. I got uh-huh. a feeling like we we get we got a we had a heads up that some of it might be a little bit tangential. So I will be reading the things that pertain to the predictions of our ratings. Ready? I look forward to it. Here we go. Got a couple of gifs. All right. We've got JD. Hi, JD. Hi, JD. JD says, yet another Vala-heavy episode with swarthy 5 o'clock Shadow Daniel. Does anyone even care about the episode? 7 out of 7! <laughs> Whoa! JD continues, I guess that's the point of this segment of the podcast, so here we go. An Orai shows up on a planet once ruled by... Uh, a prior shows up on a planet once ruled by an evil Gua'uld. Uh, this one is extra special because that evil Gua'uld is everyone's favorite manic pixie dream girl, Vala. With increasingly difficult char- charisma checks, <laughs> Vala finally fails and the Ori swoop in. Daniel's intelligence save saves the day, but for how long? And Vala heavy episode is going to get a one point bump from me uh, and the extra deepening of her and the Ori stories make me think this is going to get good ratings. Sixes for all. Very close. Very Ooh. close to JD. All right. So we got Cree. Cree Amisk. Hi, Cree Amisk. Cree. Hello. Cree Amisk says, this is my first ever prediction. I hope this isn't too late. So I'll keep it simple and brief. I always loved the Ori story. Everything is building up again for the new go round. I like Vala and Mitchell's sense of humor. The forced servitude or death by plague can be triggering, I suppose. This episode, though, meh. Only oh. three out of seven from me. I say Zach gives it a four and Brent gives it a three. Nah, uh, we liked it more than that. Liked it more than we that. Liked yep. it more than that. All right. So we've got Banjo. Hi, Banjo. Hi, Banjo. We've got Banjo saying, Vala, please stop trying to breathe new life or a different life into SG-1. Spoiler. No one really likes you. <laughs> wow. Wow, Banjo. <laughs> I think with it being so Vala specific and almost overly formulaic and predictable, Vala pretending after she stopped being a ghoul and of course there's a catch, I got to give it a two out of Ooh. seven. Woof. Woof. I think Zach goes with a three and Brent with a four for plot reasons. Wow. Yeah, no, liked it more than that, but... Uh, and then there's a lot of back and forth about whether or not Vala. <laughs> oh, yeah, I see now. Yeah, lots of discussion about Vala. Oh. Wow, lots of discussion yeah, about Vala. Vala definitely um, brings out the, the oh, sure. lovers and haters. Does. Holy moly. Okay, skipping, 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 skipping. Uh, la, 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 la. Uh, okay, we've got, uh, we got Tim. Brother Tim. Hi, Tim. Hi, Brother Tim. Tim says, I would get... It's been a bit. Hi, Tim. Uh, I would give this episode a five. Yes. And I think Zach and Brent may like the melancholy end a bit more than me. (laughs) (laughs) Zach will give it a five and a half and Brent a six. Very, very, very close. Very close. close. All right. We've got Jenny Dean Anderson. Hi, Jenny. Hi, Jenny. Jenny says, I'm predicting a six out of seven for Zach. Yes. Yep. And a 
five and a half from Brett. Jenny, you got to know I don't do half chevrons. You were so close. So close. Jenny continues, though. I love a little sketch of the people. Uh, little. I love the little sketch of the people of P8X412 doing that they do showing Katesh winning the planet from Baal. Vala fesses up and she's not a ghoul wound and is promptly sentenced to death. Luckily, the SG-1 team can get her a feral trial or a Cori. That was it. That was the, the episode, right? The one. Yes. Yeah. Well, Triad. Oh, tri- Triad is 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 uh, the, the trial. The Tolan. Oh, and Cori yeah, 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 yeah. is the planet where where uh, uh, was on trial. That's the one I'm, that. Uh, so the, 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 there are two different references there. Yes. Anyway, I mean, a fair Maldoran where Daniel is Vala's defense attorney. Now, wait a minute, Daniel. Don't mention the priors. Don't. The priors and Daniel argue hermeneutics. Ooh. Yeah. I, they sort of do. They, they do kind of. Yeah. I mean, yeah. There's no real text to argue. Anyway, carrying on. Uh, and well, sure, but to- hermeneutics is the process of, of how do we understand things. Mm. Um, and, and, you know, we had a, there were, there were hermeneutical elements of our conversation even today. Yes, that, that's true. That's true. And we do have a hermeneutics uh, channel on Discord. That's that true. You go to. That's true. Anywho, uh, the prior and Daniel argue hermeneutics and journey to enlightenment kind of stuff. We get some character development for 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 Lamb and Landry as the prior plague takes over. Yep. The prior does his cool stuff, glowing thing, and boom, everyone is better, including Mitchell. I'm still missing Sam Carter, though. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Me yep. too. All right. I think that was it. All right. Yeah, yeah, that That's was awesome. it. Thanks, everybody. Thank uh, by the way, go to Discord, go to the predictions channel, read through a bunch of the other stuff, but thus endeth the predictions. All right. All right. Uh, what about for emails, Zach? Oh, yeah, emails. I forgot about the email. It's been so long, I've forgotten how we do this thing. <laughs> um, so we have David's email. Hi, David. Has a happy new Chevron encoding bias buffer year. Hey, happy new Chevron encoding bias buffer year. What makes this episode interesting, he says. Vala Katesh background, sure. But that is just an ongoing thing. Mitchell dying and getting better? Okay, but we know they were not going to kill off the new lead five episodes in. Right. The return of Sam Carter? No, that hasn't happened yet. Nope. What makes it interesting to me is that SG-1 loses, not in combat, but they lose the battle for the, quote, souls of the people on the, of the planet of the week. The Ori show up, make threats and promises, and live up to it. Sure, they do it by threatening to kill everyone, but if you were a poor village and someone showed up and says, read this book and agree to follow the guidelines and good things will happen, otherwise you'll die, what are you going to do? Right. And when people start dying because of indecision and the guy heals the sick and raises the dead, what are you going to do? Right. How can SG-1 even argue against this guy with the, quote, truth about the, what the Ori really want and will do? No. Because believe and prosper or die, that's what they are offering, and they make a pretty good pitch that they can back up with results. Yeah. This is going to be a theme going forward. They've mm. defeated false gods before, but now they seem to be up against real power and can't seem to fight or argue their way out of it. Brent will give the seven chevrons for losing yeah. the fight to quote-unquote magic. Yeah. 
Zach will give it seven chevrons for the play within the play. Yeah, yeah. Certainly a reasonable prediction for sure. Yes. Yep. And that would be our emails. Oh, thank you very much, David. Thank you, David. Thanks, everybody. Thank you, everybody. Yeah. Okay, Brent. Yes. We turn our attention from the powers that be to the next episode of Stargate, Mm -hmm. which is entitled Beachhead. Uh I ask you what Beachhead is all about. Beachhead. Okay, all right. Next time on Stargate SG-1. The SG-1 team travel through the gate to find themselves on a strange world. They are greeted immediately by a group of individuals who are excited to see them. This is interesting. And they say, greetings. We also speak in this weird voice that is an announcer voice. Strange, but we all do. Welcome to our planet. Where are you from? And our heroes go, oh, thank goodness. Finally, somebody who's actually... Happy to see us. We're from Earth, they say. It's great. It's got oceans and mountains and snow and palm trees. And we have football and hot dogs. And the guy says, wow, that sounds amazing. (laughs) (laughs) You're making me cough. Stop that. (laughs) Wow, that sounds great. Uh, Why don't you come on over here and, uh, you know, tell us more about it. So. They all get together and they are conversing and they're communicating and they're exchanging knowledge. It's Daniel's dream boat. And as they are talking, they said, they say, why are you so, why are you so uh, awesome? And, <laughs> and the guy, the people that they're talking to, they say, well, it's, it's part of our philosophy. Oh, uh, yes, we are. We are, we are a group of people that, that value being, being awesome and being great. Uh, <laughs> this is not where I wanted to go originally, uh, but it's here we are now. Uh, I'm oh, just yes. wondering where we're going to land. No, we're crash. Good. That's amazing. They say that's that's so that's so awesome. Like, do you have like a philosophy or like you know like a like a like a name for this thing? And they're like, yes, yes. All of us want to emulate the the great philosophical mind of our time. Oh, who was that? Says Daniel. The guy says, Oh, Ched. What? Ched, I had never heard of Ched. Yes, of course you haven't. You're from a different planet. Ding dongs. <laughs> Tell us more about Ched. <laughs> well, all of us always are striving to be Ched. Oh. <laughs> Join us next time on Stargate SG-1, where we have another philosophy-heavy episode and Brent and Zach talk about all sorts of wonderful things, but at the end, everyone is trying to be Ched. Okay. Well, I got it, didn't I? I nailed it. I nailed it. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. This is exactly we, we, what we this is about. We don't even need to watch the promo because I got the you whole have, thing, including the football and hot dogs. Exactly. Yep. <laughs> yep. Yep. You, 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 you did miss a couple of Jaffa. Oh, of course. You know. All right. Everybody misses the Jaffa. I want them back. Yeah. Sh- so shall we watch the promo? To About being Ched? Yeah, About sure. About Ched? Uh-huh. Yeah, let's do okay. it. Okay. All right. So I am hitting play now. Hallowed of the R.I. Oh, another hallowed out of the R.I. Okay. One way or another, That's not this Ched. world will serve their purpose. Next time on Stargate SG-1. Oh! Oh! The Ori establish a presence in our galaxy and an offer for help 
comes from an unusual source. I am Venus. But what? what is the price for assistance from the gold? The formation of an extremely large force field around the planet Stargate. Times when no one else but Samantha Carter could have pulled your ass out of the fire. Well, this is one of those. Hey! What do the Ori have planned for the planet? Whoa. And is there any hope of stopping them? Huh. Lost the element of surprise. It's hard to say. Whatever it is, I think it's composed of the objects that came through the Stargate. Huh. It's all next time on Stargate SG. Oh, okay. Hallowed are the Ori. Okay. Well, that wasn't what I expected. <laughs> <laughs> well, no. Uh, all right. Well, I'm excited though. Yeah, that, that's excited for Sam check. Carter to come back. That's for sure. Yep. Yep. Uh, we do get to say hello to Carter. For this episode again. Yay! Yay! Well, um, with all of that, uh, tell us what you think about this uh, philosophically headed, yeah. heavy episode of Walking <laughs> sure Through the Stargate. Was. Oh, boy. Uh, you can email us at Walking <laughs> Through the Stargate. You can, of course, go to the Facebooks or the Discords and have conversations there on all sorts mm-hmm. of things. You can talk about Herman Nudics and, yes. and, and, and Herman's hot dogs and, and whatever. Oh, there um, we go. That's going to be the name of my hot dog stand where, uh, where, 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 where the, but the freight, but, the, but it's going to be Herman's hot dogs. Be Ched. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, all of that stuff. <laughs> uh, you can talk to us and chat with us and, and have, you know, fun time with us. Uh, if you want to support the podcast, you can do that at, uh, buy me a coffee dot com slash walking yes. through yes uh and with all that i say i'm zach and i'm brent this has been walking through the stargate see you next time bye harder dial it up get these people home